that's such a good song, eh? Goodness of God. He is a good, good father. It's good to sing those songs and praise him. Recognize that no matter where we're at in our journey, he is so faithful. If you're here this morning and you're wrestling with where God's at and you're faithful, uh, understanding His faithfulness, um, you know, that's something we need to pray about because our God is a very faithful God. And uh, after the service, there would be a number of us that would love to pray with you, even in that. And sometimes it's hard to sing some of those songs when you're going through some hard things. And yet, He is good even in those hard times. Let's pause and let's pray together. God, thank you for the chance to gather this, this, this Sunday morning as a church family. And I know there's lots of people away enjoying this beautiful weekend. And thank you. Thank you for the, the beautiful uh, weather that we've, received, that we've been having. And thank you for your goodness. God, thank you that you are running after us and that you are tugging at our shirt sle- or our sleeves and wanting us to recognize that you are a faithful, faithful God. So God, thank you for all that you're doing in us and through us in these days. And as we open up your word this morning, I pray that you would help us to have ears to hear what you want us to hear. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So it is a beautiful weekend, and uh, it started earlier in the week. And on Friday, I was out uh, for a, f- a morning walk, and um, I had finished most of this message, and yet I was still just wrestling with where God was going with it. And so I went for a walk around Nicholas Sharon Park, and, uh, which I love to do. It's a great prayer walk over there. And I sat underneath one of the trees uh, at a picnic table in the shade, and I sat there. And I was listening to the birds chirping, and I saw some ducks floating, and it was a beautiful scene, and I was just listening. And I was asking God uh, to prepare me for this message, for what he had for us. And I was just wanting to know, God, I don't want to miss what it is you want your people to hear this morning in this passage. And, um, and as I sat there, like I said, I could hear all these wonderful sounds. Even the recess bell at Nicholas Sharon went off, dingling away. And as beautiful as all those sounds were, I really wanted to hear from God. I wanted to hear from his Holy Spirit to lead me uh, regarding this message. And as I sat there, I heard this from God. He said, just give what you've been given and let me do the rest. So, I'm going to give what I've been given, and then I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do the rest this morning. I'm not going to force anything, pretend anything, because this is actually a bit of a tough message in some ways. We've entitled it forgiveness. It's the right thing. And maybe this is, might be a hard one for you. It might be a hard one for me. As I was uh, uh, doing some prep I came across a story uh, of a guy who fell asleep at the wheel while driving home from work. And he crashed into an oncoming car, taking the life of a pregnant woman and injuring the little girl, her daughter, in the backseat. 
Sad story. And um, the husband of this woman who was killed happened to be a Christian. And as I'm sure as hard as that was to grapple with losing his wife and a newborn child or pregnant wife, he decided that he was going to ask for a reduced sentence on this guy. And he did. And my understanding is uh, they became good friends. And they actually are still remain close to this day. And that's a cool story. I don't know who the guy is. Don't know the parameters, all the details. But I think we've all heard of tragic stories like this that have ended in those involved forgiving one another and being reconciled. And we go, wow, that is so awesome. That is just touching. And it is. It is amazing. But what about for you? What about for me? What about for us here at UDAC this morning? We're looking at this little book of Philemon this morning, and Pastor Aaron started us out last week. And today we're going to dive into the heart of this book, into the, the meat of it in a sense, and see what God wants to tell us personally. Not just what he says to you know, those out there, but what is he saying to you and me? What's he saying to our church today? What's he asking you this morning? Forgiveness sounds like a great thing in principle, doesn't it? Forgiveness. But in practice can be a lot tougher to live out for you and for me. How are you doing at forgiving those around you? At reconciliation. Forgiveness is the right thing. It is. We want to focus on what Paul is asking of Philemon, especially as it relates to Onesimus here in this story. We understand that Onesimus was a slave owned by Philemon, and he took off and he ran away. And maybe in the process, he stole something or at least owed Philemon something. Maybe it was the lost time. Maybe it was something very specific or something more than that. We don't know for sure. And Onesimus ended up in Rome somehow. Did he get caught and thrown into prison, the same prison that the Apostle Paul was chained and imprisoned in? Or did he just flee to Rome as a place to hide out? The city of Rome was the biggest city of the Roman Empire at that time and could be a great place and would have been a great place to hide out. It was known as the uh, cesspool of humanity. Sounds like maybe a good place to hide out, eh? Or maybe Onesimus actually went to Rome to look for Paul as he knew that Paul had made a huge impact on his master, Philemon. Somehow, he met the man who led his master, Philemon, to Jesus. And he meets up with his apostle, Paul, and spends time with him. And these, these details are not so important, but we know Paul was in prison there because of uh, preaching the gospel. And somehow he led Onesimus to the Lord. And that is what is important. I would love to hear the backstory of Onesimus. To hear where he came from, his work in life with Philemon, why he fled and took off, how he ended up helping and caring for the Apostle Paul in prison, 
And the conversations that Paul had with Onesimus, I would love to hear those conversations, to know what it was that turned the corner for Onesimus, to go, yeah, I, I need Jesus. And what made him bow the knee? What was it that turned the corner for him? I don't know, but those are, those are wonderful uh, questions to ask when we get to heaven. But anyway, we do know that after some time, Paul writes this letter to Philemon and sends Onesimus back to, Phi- back to Philemon with this letter in hand and a big ask. And so let's open up our Bible. If you have it, Philemon, I'm reading um, in the New Living Translation this morning, the NLT, and um, you can turn in your Bibles or on your devices and you can follow along. Um, we're going to focus in on verses 8 to 16, but I think it's really important to go back a couple more verses, if you don't mind. Uh, the few that Pastor Aaron read last week as well, starting at verse 4. And this is the Apostle Paul. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. And I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. So there is the setting. Verse 8 is where we want to start. In this passage, verse four to seven kind of lays the tracks of what's going on. Because of all this, because of your faith, Philemon, because of your love for Jesus, that is why I am holding, why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this as a request for me, Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. So he's laying the tracks for the big question, the big ask, if you will. And so here it is, verse 10. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus has been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I'm sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I am in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf. But... I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems Onesimus ran away for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So now Paul, 
uh, knows that Philemon is a faithful follower of Jesus and is a, is a key leader in the church in there, in that area. And verse 6, going back to that, is a key verse that says, and I'm praying, Paul's saying, I'm praying for you that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. He's asking Philemon to be generous towards Onesimus, who has now become a follower of Jesus too. And now Paul sends him back to his owner, back to Philemon, where he belongs. And the apostle Paul is asking Philemon to forgive him and take him back. And that's the big ask. Forgive him. It's the right thing. In that day and age and culture, Philemon... uh, would have had the right to have had Onesimus killed for stealing from him, never mind the fact that he ran away on top of all that. But Paul is asking Philemon to forgive him of all that and not just take him back as a slave, but take him back as a brother in the Lord. Paul lays it on pretty thick with Philemon (laughs) and says that Philemon actually owes him so much more. So do this for me, if not for Onesimus, Paul says. So Paul would have been the one that led Philemon and those in that area to to Christ and brought the good news to them. So he's saying, do it for me, if not for Onesimus. So we don't know the ending of the story, and we assume that Philemon did in fact follow through with this request by Paul and take Onesimus back in and forgive him. Be great to know the backstory of that. How did that look afterwards? What was that encounter like for Philemon and Onesimus? Was he gentle and kind and tender-hearted? Did he have to wrestle with it with God for a bit? We don't know. So what do we take from this story for ourselves this morning? Just another great story of reconciliation and go, yeah, that's, that's a cool story. Makes my heart warm. Or is this a template for us to follow on how we are to treat each other in the family of God, our Udak family and the greater family of God for that matter? This is a template for us. As Pastor Aaron mentioned last week, we don't think we have a huge problem with this around here at Udak, unforgiveness, that kind of thing. But this is here for us to learn and grow in for sure. This is not if. It is when there are shattered bonds, when there's broken pieces. How are we to forgive those who have offended us or hurt us? And why? Well, let's look first at the why. Why should I forgive someone? Why? Besides it being a command in Scripture, it's pretty clear, it's also a very healthy thing to do. Science even tells us that harboring unforgiveness is damaging to our physical and mental health. Unforgiveness leads to bitterness. And the Bible has some pretty clear things on bitterness. In Ephesians chapter 4, The whole chapter is such a great chapter to read about uh, unity in the body of Christ and living as as children of the light that is followers of Jesus. 
And if you haven't read Ephesians 4 in a while, go back to it. Spend some time reading through it and meditating and, and immersing yourself in Ephesians 4. But the very last couple of verses are really important. Verse 31 says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all bitterness. Rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. As well as all types of evil behavior. Get rid of it. And we'll read verse 32 in a moment. But here it says, get rid of all bitterness and unforgiveness breeds bitterness. Over in Hebrews 12, verse 15, it says, look after each other. That's us. He's preaching, teaching, preaching to the church here. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. This is not only about you and affects only you. It affects those around you too, those you live with and those that you're closest with. And the way to rid oneself of bitterness is forgiveness. Forgiveness. We are to forgive. That is exactly what the Apostle Paul is asking Philemon to do with Onesimus. That is what we are to do with each other. Forgiveness. It's the right thing. Now back to Ephesians 4. Verse 31 told us to get rid of bitterness. And then verse 32 says, Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. This, there it is, forgiving one another. This leads us to how to forgive. So there's the why and now the how. Paul writes in Colossians 3, verse 12, Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then it says, Make allowance for each other's faults, and forgive anyone, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. It can't be any more clear than this. Forgiveness is so important. And if you look back at Ephesians 4, uh, 32, and Colossians 3, we see forgiveness is preceded by this. And this is the how part, folks. Be kind with each other. Be gentle. Be patient. Be tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. So you have all of these great attributes, these characteristics of being kind and gentle and caring. It allows us to forgive. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Again, it's pretty clear. And, and there's no conditions attached it doesn't say forgive when, or forgive if, or forgive, and it explains that. It just says forgive anyone. Let's be kind with each other, and tender-hearted, gentle, and patient with each other. So when things happen, and they will happen, we can forgive. We've laid these tracks out already. The path is set for us. 
This is what it looks like to be kind and tender-hearted with each other. It brings about forgiveness. It helps bring about forgiveness. This is the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in us as followers of Jesus. We don't do this on our own. We do this in the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Because it's hard. It can be hard. It can be very hard. Pastor Dylan um, just bought himself a motorbike. And uh, it's a pretty nice bike. And it reminds me of my motorbike days. Um, way back when I was single, I had a motorbike. And my first little bike was just a little Suzuki, I think 350 or whatever, just a little street bike. And, um, and then I grew into a little bigger bike. And I, I, I found a great deal on a, on a Honda Shadow. Beautiful bike. And I bought it. It was black with lots of chrome. Loved it. Uh, rode it for a few years, uh, and I turned it into a piano. If you look in Katrina's piano at home, in the, 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 the shininess, you can maybe see that shadow in there. My bike, no, just kidding. It did turn into a piano, but the story, I'm not, and I'm not trying, this is the forgiveness part isn't about the piano thing that maybe I, maybe there is something there I gotta do. <laughs> Never thought of it. But shortly after I bought the bike, um, Myself and a couple buddies I was working with with Youth for Christ, we went to our national conference in Lake Louise. It was hosted in Lake Louise. And so two of us had bikes. The other guy brought his parents' RV. And uh, we went to Lake Louise for the, uh, this conference. And um, I think it was like the second day we were there, the, the one buddy says, hey, can I grab the bike? We're going to go for a... Um, uh, spin up the mountain and I said oh, sure go for it him and the other guy the other guy had a sport bike a little cantana whatever thousand or whatever it was a nice sport bike and the, the two of them went scooting up the mountain uh, I think the Morena, Morena Lake I think is where they went that's a beautiful little ride up the mountain anyway I was back at the RV they came back and the door opens and the guy opens the door and I could tell something was wrong and right away, he looked like he was just maybe hurting a little bit. And then he just goes, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I crashed your bike coming down the mountain. Lost it on a curve, going too fast, bit the dirt. I'm so sorry. I didn't know what to do. I had this bike for like two weeks, I think, maybe before we went up. And uh, I froze. First, I said, I, I guess I, I think I asked him how he's feeling because it looked like he was hurt. Um, but the long story short, I had to make a choice. Can I forgive him for crashing my bike or let this eat me away? I did choose to forgive him, and uh, we did manage to fix the bike up. And, uh, but forgiveness can be tough when you're face-to-face with it. Mine was just a motorbike, and probably not that important at the end of the day. It was pretty important to me at that time in my life. But there are things that are probably much bigger that can get in between us and people of the family of God. Paul is asking Philemon here to forgive and take Onesimus back in, and, and this passage is a bit of a template for us as the church as we see stuff around us going on. 
Paul knew we needed to hear this, and not just once, because we see it lots of different places in Scripture. God knew we needed to see it more than once. But Philemon is one place that we see the template of forgiveness. Forgiveness, when done right, can be such a powerful catalyst in the family of God. But for us, uh, both for us, uh, but also for the greater community that we're a part of. You see, unforgiveness fosters that root of bitterness, which can be so damaging, so hurtful, all around us for that matter. But forgiveness can be so sweet and beautiful when done right when faced on with God's help it can be so sweet and healthy and it is the right thing for sure have you thought about this much personally have you do you understand that the template is all through the New Testament like I said not just here in Philemon but in the life in the example of Christ Colossians 3, forgive as Christ has forgiven us. Read his story on why and how he forgives us. Forgive like Jesus. God has forgiven us so much in our past, in our present, and will continue to forgive us all through Jesus. He is the Father standing at the end of the road waiting for us to come back to him. That's the picture of the prodigal son story, right? Another template of forgiveness. Read that story of the prodigal son who disrespected his father, who disobeyed, who really wanted his dad dead and went off to live on his own, realized what he'd done and wanted to come back. He came back sheepishly, but where was his father? Standing at the edge of the road, way out there, waiting for him to come, embracing him. Another beautiful template of forgiveness. No conditions. Forgiveness. I'll ask the worship team to come as we close. The question is for us, and it's the same question I was asking the Holy Spirit on Friday morning on my walk as I sat at the table at Nicholas Sharon. God, what what do you want from me? What do I need to know here? And what do I need to do? And maybe this isn't for today for you. Maybe this is for another day. Or maybe there is something brewing that needs to be worked on. And if you're not totally sure how to do it or where to start or how to proceed, then that's a great place to get help. I would love to sit down and chat with you on that. I know Pastor Aaron would as well, uh, a staff. Uh, I know I've got a little exercise. It's a forgiveness exercise. I've handed that out several times to people on how to walk through forgiveness with people. And maybe it's someone or something that you're not even able to really reconcile with, but maybe you need to do it with God. Ask God, is there something I need to know here? And what do I need to do? Let's sing together.